Matthew chapter 26. And I want you to look in uh, verse 14. I want you to listen as I read in verse 14, chapter 26 of the book of Matthew, then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said unto him, What will ye give me that I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. From that time, he saw an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand, I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when this even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he saith, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. That had to be one of the most startling statements these men had ever heard. One of you, one of my friends, one of my comrades. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It hath been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He saith unto him, Thou hast said. Father, my heart is full today. feel, see the potential here. I heard Brother Judah preach last night, Brother Calvin, preach and bear their heart and soul to these young people. And I don't, I don't understand why every single young person wasn't just beating down the altar to give their heart to you. They've been given so much. God, I think of Judas tonight burning in hell. And I think of him often, wanting to know what his words would be right now as he screams in fire and torment, wishing, wishing he to confess to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that every young person will listen, pay attention. In Jesus' name, amen. Judas said the wrong thing, didn't he? He looked in the very eyes of the Son of God, the man that knows everything. That man knew everything that Judas had ever done, knew that Judas had already betrayed him, and even exposed him, unbeknowingst to the rest of the disciples, that he was the one that was going to betray Jesus Christ. And even when Judas, and Judas looks him square in the eye and trying to fool the crowd, trying to fool the brethren, and I believe even trying to fool Jesus Christ. Is it I? Is it I? And Jesus looks at him and says, Thou hast said. 
And you know, it wasn't very long after Judas comes and betrays him with a kiss, and Jesus said, before that kiss was placed on his cheek, Jesus said, friend, wherefore art thou come? And that word friend, friend means comrade, brothers in arm, arms. We have, we have served together. We have, we have, last two and a half, three years, we have served, we've done things together. Friend, wherefore art thou come? Jesus already knew why he was coming. Because Jesus' hour was at hand. You know, oftentimes this bold lie that Judas told him, Judas already knew that he already betrayed, he already had the silver probably in his pouch there hanging off of his belt. But you know, he just flat lied to Christ. Well, you can lie to me and get away with it. I might catch you eventually, but you will never get away from lying to Christ. It cannot happen. Though you will try and you'll talk yourself into it and you'll think that because you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, you've got salvation in your soul, you've got fire insurance and you're not going to burn it now. But you know what? That sin that's plaguing your soul right now, you think that as long as you don't look at it and as long as you don't think about it, God won't either. You say, well, I, I'm going to heaven, so what's it matter? God's forgiven all my sins, but that sin that you have after your salvation plagues the relationship between you and your God. And it, it puts a scar on the relationship between, between you and Jesus Christ who shed his blood to forgive you of your sins. And I look at you today and I think, you know, the only thing that's keeping you <clears throat> from your potential with God Almighty and your will of God is that sin that you have in your heart that will keep you from wanting to do God's will for the rest of your life. We all look at our sins. We look at things that we do wrong and we don't like to admit it. We go to church and we put our offering in the plate and we sing our songs and we sing in singing groups and we, we, uh, we, we help clean out the church and we do everything that is right, but we got sin in our life right now. We got immorality, we got, Im we got, uh, we got drugs, we got alcohol, we got smoking, we got drinking in our, in our souls that we have done. Nobody knows about but Him. But you think just because you go to a Christian school, because you go to a Baptist church, you come to a youth conference, and you have fun with the games and God's going to overlook all that. You ever see a, a guy get, uh, get called a foul? I mean, he just crushes a guy. The guy's down on the ground bleeding and the, the ref points to him, calls his number and he goes, what? What, me? That's the way we do it to God. We want to go out and we want to be immoral with our girlfriend or boyfriend and we want to do all these things and we have bitterness in our heart. We have our, our, our fights with our moms and dads and, and God pricks our soul and all of a sudden you say, hey, it's not me. It's not me. As if Judas were to say, is it I? With the money hanging off his belt, he says, is it I? You do the same thing and so do I. We all, try, we all try to look at our sin as if it doesn't matter. I didn't really do it. Or I'm, you know what? I'm owed a free pass. I've been to church several times this week already. I'm owed this one. God will forgive me. My good will outweigh my bad. When you listen to me, you can have an awful lot of good in your life and cheat on God and hurt a relationship for a while. You listen carefully. 
I'll be brief this afternoon, but I want you to look at this story and see if we are following the same path that Judas took. Judas knew what he was, but there was no profession. In Titus 1.16, let me look at the word profession. They say, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. In Matthew 7.23, it says, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, that work iniquity. That is God one day. Jesus saying, God will one day look at you and profess. That word profess means to call out. It means to admit Verbally, admit loudly. You, Judas had this opportunity when God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was looking him square in the eye and just explained to everybody who it was. And Judas, instead of professing to Jesus Christ, he says, is it I? Is it I? We won't acknowledge your sin, but one day God will. God will call it out. For those of you that didn't answer last night the, the, the call to salvation one day, listen to me. God will call out your sin. God will look at you and profess to the entire world. Hey, that kid that says he's saved, sang in a, in a choir here, sang in a tour group maybe, preached on the platform. Hey, I never knew you. I never knew you. He will call it out. It won't be secret anymore. You know, the conviction through the Holy Spirit that is pricking your heart right now. You're thinking of that immorality. You're thinking of that pornography. You're thinking of that bitterness. You're thinking of, of that sin that you've been involved in that nobody knows about. And you're wondering it right now. Listen to me carefully. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's not Satan speaking to you. But he wouldn't profess it. He wouldn't profess it. Number two, Judas wouldn't admit it. There is no confession. No confession. In Romans 10, 9, it's easy. That if thou confess with thy mouth, O Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And the confession in the Bible talks about not just saying you're, you've done wrong, it's owning it. It's, uh, profession is owning it, but confession is when you verbally say it to God. I have sinned. That is what David did when, when he had sinned before God. He owned his sin and he cried out to God, I have sinned. And every time God forgave him. We serve a God that sent his son to die for you. He's willing to forgive you. He was willing to forgive Judas. But Judas looked him in the eyes, in those powerful eyes of the Son of God, and said, is it high? And I know the, the, the Christ that is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Head is hard to head to begin to break there. Knowing that somebody who'd followed him for, for almost three years was lying to his face. Thou shalt confess. He wouldn't confess. You know, Adam and Eve syndrome that we, we have, we like to think that we can hide from God. When they ate of the fruit, they were the only human beings in the garden. God called them and Eve and, and uh, Adam, Adam, where are you? And they were hiding. How foolish they were. Sin makes you dumb. I mean, they were the only two human beings. Everybody else crawled. They were the only ones walking. 
And they were hiding maybe behind some brush and so forth, trying to hide from the God that created them. And many of you are doing the same thing here right now. You're hiding. You're hiding in the crowd. You're trying to blend in. You got the haircut. You got the dress standard. You got, got everything. You say the right words. But we don't like to admit and confess. You know, in church, we like to say amen, right? Somebody talks about something, we amen. But you know what? When somebody mentions pornography, we don't stand up and say, oh, that's mine. We don't, we don't get up bitterness. Oh, hey, 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 that's mine right there. We say amen to agree with the preacher, to agree with the statement, but also to blend in. And I'm not against saying amen. I do it all the time. But many of you have gotten to a place to where you're so good at trying to blend in with their surroundings, with your Christian kids, with your basketball team, with your soccer team, with your music group, and act a part and act, a, act a, just like an actor on a stage. It's as if you're saying to God who knows your very soul, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 1 John 1.19 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Judas, why didn't you just say, Lord, yes, I sold you out. Gentlemen, I'm sorry. Do you think how much better Judas's life could have been? His future could have been. But he was proud you know what, kids, listen to me carefully. We can't become, we can't become big until we, we, our God can't be big to us until we become small to him. And God, our God's got to be somebody that we can, we can go to and we can confess our sins and we can tell him we've done wrong and we can own what we have, have committed. And we can take our punishment and our consequences because there are consequences to sin. As David found out after he numbered the people, 70,000 people died. But God used David again. He was arrogant. He was proud. He was self-righteous. That's when we want to make everything we do seem right. That's self-righteous. My sin's not that bad. Well, that sermon that Brother Judah preached last night, I'm going to tell you something. What he was talking about, what, what Brother Gomez was talking about, bitterness. You know what? I know. I know who needed that. You're saying to God, you know what? I'm clean. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm self-righteous. You're making your righteousness all by yourself. You can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that. You're not good enough to do that. I'm not powerful enough to cleanse me of my sins. The only thing I'm powerful enough to do is to confess them. And young people, you're looking at me right now, and you know the sins that's harbored in your heart right now. Are you looking in the face of Jesus Christ if you were to come down and sit with your youth group and if he were to say one of you, one of you is committing adultery, one of you is fornicating, one of you is, is drinking, one of you is smoking, one of you has great bitterness and harbor, hate in your heart, one of you is a foul tongue, one of you is a filthy mind. Would you look at him if he looked at you and say, is it I? Is it I? We try to fix things ourselves, but you know what? God can only fix it. Number three, Judas left his unprofessed, unconfessed sin. Go. 
And then he began to regress. All of a sudden, Jesus had been taken captive. And all of a sudden, Judas' heart began to, to quiver and realize what he had done was a fi final door closing, as we talked about the other night. And he goes to the temple, and he takes his money, he tells the chief priest what he had done. And, he, and they look at him, and they laughed and mocked and said, what is that to us? You listen to me, young people, there'll come a day of reckoning in your life with this world when they'll look at you as you have committed your sins with them, you tried to blend in with their lifestyle, and they won't want anything to do with you. And Judas took that silver that he had sold his Savior for, and he threw it and went out and hung himself. You may not go and buy a field of blood with your, your life, but your grandkids may one day. Your grandkids may never know Jesus Christ as their Savior if you hang on to your sin. Because that sin will wear you down. It'll ruin the Christian life for you. It'll bitter the taste of the things of God. And you will then one day, one day, like a cancer, it'll eat you up. And you will not be the Christian you should be. You'll not be the dad you should be. You'll not be the mom you should be. You'll not be the preacher you should be. And all of a sudden, everybody under your care is going to falter. And your children, your grandchildren will go a different direction and they may never, never know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And don't let your unprofessed, unconfessed sin destroy your opportunities to serve God. Don't let them send you to hell. David said, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 32. It's one of my favorite psalms. But David, who was... When he did things, he did, them in, he did them big. When he beat Goliath, it was a big thing. When he won wars, it was a big thing. When he sinned, it was a big sin. But David writes, chapter Psalm 32, verse 1, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in him, in whose spirit, there is no guile. David speaking now, when I kept silent, listen to me, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. In other words, the grieving that my heart had for my hidden sin, the things that I'd done wrong, the, the, the adultery with Bathsheba, the killing of her husband, those things grieved my soul. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the draught of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. That's it right there. I, is it I? David didn't look at Jesus and say, is it I? He said, it is I. I acknowledge who I am. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge that I have done wrong. And my iniquity have I not hid I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this day, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. I think David was admonishing those who had done wrong. Confess it while you can. Confess it while you can. Acknowledge, acknowledge your sin. 
And Judas, for the last 2,000 years, has been burning in hell as his disciple buddies have been in heaven enjoying the, the, the fruits of eternity that God had, had expected for Judas. And I do believe that Judas could have done something great for God. Judas unprofessed, unconfessed sin kept him, kept him from accepting Christ. The Christ he served. Oh, wait a minute. Judas served Jesus Christ for almost three years. Like you did. Like you are doing. And still died and went to hell. You may be saved today. But if that unconfessed, unprofessed sin that's in your life isn't dealt with, the regression that we'll have in your life will be catastrophic. You know, just hanging around the disciples caused Judas to hang himself. Just hanging around. Being part of the crowd. When you have the same opportunity as the person sitting next to you. What sin are you looking at right now? As Jesus peers down into my eyes, what am I looking at? What are you looking at? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Let me ask you to sit up straight, backs against your chairs. Just sit up straight. Just close your eyes. Don't even bow your head. Just a second, I'm going to turn the invitation over to Pastor. And he can do with that as he sees fit. But how many of you, just your eyes closed, no one looking around. Well, just be honest. And you're not going to fool the guy. Well, I don't want to lift my hand because the guy next to me might know that I have a sin. He already knows. She already knows. How many of you, while I preached, the Holy Spirit spoke to you? He poked you in your eye. And convicted you of something in your heart, in your life, that you've not dealt with. Would you slip your hand up? Would you slip your hand up? You may put your hand down. There was a youth conference about eight or nine years ago. An invitation. A young man, good-looking young man, senior in high school, came up to my left of the pulpit here. And he was just weeping like a little baby. I said, buddy, can I help you? He said, I'm the pastor's son. Before I got on the bus to go to, camp, go to youth conference, my girlfriend came, handed me a note. And as I got on the bus, I read it. She says, I'm pregnant. He said, Brother Lapino, what, what am I going to do? And I told him, you're going to go home. You're going to confess your sins. You're going to... Talk to your dad. You're going to own this. You do it right. God will use you greatly. And I've watched people who have done that. And God has used them mightily. But I've watched those who stayed in their seat. I've watched those that want to blend in. I've watched those that just will say, is it I? You, won't, you don't get it. I've watched them live miserable lives. There's no two ways about it. 